Hi, I'm here with a councillor of Hornsby Council, Emma Heidi. Welcome to the show, Emma. Thanks so much, Martin. We've uh, had, we recently had a council meeting on the 13th of May and there are a couple of items there of interest and I had a chance to talk to Nathan Tilbury and Warren Waddell about their involvement in the council meeting and I thought it'd be nice to have a chat to you about the items that you were interested in and even some of the motions that you pushed or put forward to discuss. Would you like to sort of, uh, before we start, give the listeners a bit of an introduction to who you are and a bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks, Martin. Um, I'm from Seaward, which is the southernmost part of um, Hons Hornsby Shire. It's probably the most urban part of Hornsby Shire. It's uh, North Epping, Cheltenham and Beecroft, Cherrybrook, parts of West Pennant Hills. Um, and it's an area where... Uh, it's largely low density housing, um, beautiful streets with lots of trees, kids and families and lots of dog walking and um, a quiet and beautiful uh, and pretty privileged area. And I've lived here for 20 plus years um, with my husband and we've raised our two kids who are now teenagers here and not going anywhere soon because it's um, just just the most fabulous part of Sydney to live in. We feel so privileged that we can, you know, almost literally walk out the back door and, and be in the bush. Um, and yet we can hop on a train and be in the city in a short amount of time. It's, it's amazing. So like lots of people, I'm working from home at the moment. And until recently, you know, it was all four of us at home, everybody on their own desk and on their own <laughs> Zoom call or, or doing their schoolwork. The kids are back at school, obviously. But uh, my husband and I are both, both still um, working from home at the moment. and. Yeah, it's been a, been a funny old time and um, been very stressful for a lot of people and hard watching businesses in my local area, particularly in Beecroft, are really, really struggling. But I'm feeling very lucky. I've got a job and I've got um, a roof over my head and a way of putting food on the table. So, yeah, um, it's been good. Thanks, um, Emma. And also, you've got a, a pretty high profile on social media and that gives it people in the community who might not be on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and things like that to learn a little bit about yourself. So thank you. In relation to the council meeting we just had, what were the big ticket items of interest to you? There were two really significant things. In, no, in fact, there were three, Martin. I put up a motion uh, about just expressing concern about new uh, planning powers the minister has to fast-track development. And this started ringing alarm bells for me because as soon as we start talking about um, accelerating development, that usually means that community consultation and environmental uh, considerations fall by the wayside a bit. Uh, and, and we um, have happy developers and very unhappy communities. So when Minister Stokes suggested that he would be uh, fast-tracking projects across New South Wales and personally signing off on um, things that had, quote, got stuck in the system, I thought, look, this, this could be good because, um, you know, bureaucracy sometimes gets in the way of um, good decisions. But it also concerned me that the community might be left out of the equation and inappropriate developments be pushed. And given many people don't go to council meetings, what did that look like on the night? Yeah, look, on the night, um, my fellow councillors agreed that we should be um, raising concerns and making sure that the environment and people who live in their local area are listened to. 
at the time, um, on the Wednesday night back in May, um, earlier this month, there was no project um, really close to Hornsby, um, or in Hornsby Shire rather, that was being targeted for fast tracking. But on Friday, the Minister released a second lot of projects that he would be um, fast tracking at and included a very controversial project very near my area, just outside the boundary of Seaward, and that's the one at 55 Canara Avenue, where um, the old IBM business park has been bought by Mervac um, and against the wishes of thousands of residents is being considered for high density housing. Street Beats on Triple H 100.1 FM. So at the council meeting last week, there was another item, the Cherrybrook Railway Station as well. And some of the issues raised there were, were concerns about infrastructure just over the boundary. So is that part of what the issue is you're talking about there? Yeah, look, development in the area is a real hot button issue for people in, in my neck of the woods because uh, we are aware of how uh, bad traffic is and how inadequate public transport still is despite the metro um, because the buses were removed when the metro um, came online and people are on the whole extremely worried that their beautiful um, quiet part of Sydney will be um, be turned into high density living and the government's made it pretty clear that with infrastructure comes density and so People have been extremely uh, vocal in their opposition to, to towers um, on the Murvac site, which is quite near Cherrybrook Station, um, about 800 metres up a very steep hill, but also around um, on the government land at Cherrybrook Station itself. And residents of Cherrybrook have been um, very, uh, very anxious that the government understands that they don't want uh, 40 storey towers um, in their beautiful um, residential neighbourhoods. Thanks for that. Now, the Cherrybrook thing was a separate item, wasn't it? It's important to sort of distinguish that. Could you sort of, sort of paint the scene for that particular Cherrybrook station item? It's state land or something? Yeah, that's right. The state government owns about 3.5 hectares at Cherrybrook station, right next to it. And at the moment, there's nothing there. It's just um, a great big sort of paddock, really. Uh, and for seven years, residents have been wondering what's going to happen with that. And it's been pretty clear all along that the government has development in mind, um, that it wants to develop that land, but it's not been upfront with the community about what sort of development it's got um, planned. And Hornsby Council, uh, the motion uh, at the recent Hornsby Council meeting was all around asking the state government to study the impacts of any future development on that site, on the whole of Cherrybrook. So not just saying, well, we'd love to put up towers and, and we think it um, will provide this much parking and it might have an impact on, on this small area. We're saying to them, look, you've got to, you've got to extend your studies across the whole area and look at the cumulative impacts of any development um, on, on a wide area and a wide area of residence. And if my memory is correct, I remember Councillor Mick Maher from Ward A made a comment about active transport or something and cycle paths. And since that meeting, there's been a, the 
promotion of the building of this Cherrybrook cycle path, but there's also the work that I've been involved in and with you before I, you became a counsellor, the Penitils to Epping cycle path. Mm. Could you, are you happy to make some comments about the cycle path projects in Hornsby Shire? Yeah, look, really happy to talk about cycling and bikes. I, I really support active transport, as it's called, walking and cycling, because I think anything that gets cars off the road um, is good for people's health, uh, good for the environment. And it also means that um, fewer cars are on the road, so people who really need to use it um, have a bit more of an uh, easy um, drive when they do. So the Cherry Brook cycle path that I had a look at the other day is great. It's, it's small. It's really limited. Um, but, um, you know, hopefully it's part of a, a growing network. The one that you're talking about um, will hopefully one day extend all the way from Pennant Hills to Epping and be a real, um, a real benefit for people who want to get on a bike for recreation or want to get on a bike to actually access someone like Macquarie Park uh, for work purposes. So commuters and, and people on the weekends with their kids as well. So could you help me here? The last couple of council meetings have had in the non-agenda public forum section, a couple of community residents in the Beecroft area expressing concerns about that section. What can we say to those members of the community who have concern about it and as juxtaposed, if that's the word, against those who would like to have that facility in the community? I think there's been concern because people haven't yet seen the plans for the section of the path between Cheltenham and Beecroft. And they're worried that when it runs down the Crescent, which is adjacent to the rail line, that it will remove a lot of vegetation. And the council officers, when I've talked to them, have been at great pains to make sure that as they uh, design the cycle path, it really weaves between the mature trees that grow along that road. They're also being really, really careful to protect um, a section of bamboo. Some people would say, look, bamboo's a noxious weed. Can you get rid of it, please? But Residents um, who live on the Crescent are very aware of the train noise and they feel that that bamboo gives them some shielding. So as they've designed um, the bike path, council officers and architects and arborists have been uh, sensitive to um, people's need for that, that screen and um, it won't be removed. So I think once people see the actual plans, a lot of those fears about vegetation removal will be um, allayed. Some people have also questioned, well, why spend $5 million on this project? Why don't we give it to Hornsby Hospital instead? But I would argue that, um, yes, Hornsby Hospital probably could do with another $5 million, but don't, don't take it from cycle paths. We don't have great infrastructure for safe and separated cycle paths in Hornsby Shire. It's, uh, if you want to go for a ride, it's often dangerous and um, a risky thing to be doing on roads like Pennant Hills Road or Beecroft Road as they currently are. This is a rare and beautiful moment for cyclists to actually get a, um, a separated path um, over a, a considerable distance. So um, it sounds like a huge amount of money to spend on infrastructure, but I think if it, it, if it helps people exercise and commute and keep off the roads, it's, it's money well spent.
Emma, I think I might just stop there for the time being. Are you happy to have a bit of a chat after a commercial break and keep going? Yep. Great. Great. Thank you. Street Thing on Triple H 100.1. Neil, Justine, Martin and Marika. Welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM and the Street Beat program. And we are here this afternoon with Emma Heidi, Councillor of Hornsby Council, Ward A. Sorry, Ward C. My apologies. Um, Emma, what I'd like to do now, if we could, if you had some time, is just to ask you, um, what is it like working as a minority, as a Green candidate on the council? And what is the best way of getting things done for you and your constituents? And maybe what have been some of your success stories? Yeah, as a, as a Greens councillor, one of the things that I'm really passionate about is building trust. Because I think um, we don't do government well in Australia when it comes to trust. People have a very low um, esteem for politicians and a low level of trust. And I really want to see that changed at local level. I think local council is the level of government closest to people. We're the ones who actually live in the local area and shop in the local shops and uh, often work in the local area. And so um, there's a real opportunity to work with residents. And I suppose that's, that's what I try and do as much as I possibly can. That's the reason I put a lot of stuff out on social media because I want to let people know what's going on. And that's why I email a lot of people and I'm open with information and I'm open about decisions because I have this really strong sense that the more people involved in having a say and helping make decisions, the better the outcome for everyone. So I want to open the, the doors and, and let people in and let the information out because I really do feel that residents, when they have a say, really help make um, fantastic decisions in the best interests of, of the whole Shire. And you said um, in part of that is, is that you wanted to represent them. What have been a couple of your success stories? Probably one of the things I'm proudest of might seem pretty trivial, but it's a pedestrian crossing and it's in Beecroft and it's outside a really busy shopping centre on Hannah Street and it's on a, on a slope. It's uh, an uphill walk to Beecroft Place where there are lots of lovely shops, beautiful florist and woolies. It's across a big driveway and it was removed um, for various different reasons. And once it was removed, I watched so many residents, particularly older residents, having to sort of scuttle apologetically across this huge driveway with, with large vehicles coming in and out all day and, um, and feel that they must hurry and get out of the way of the cars. Um, and that, that's not an easy thing um, on an uphill walk when you're older. And people with prams and um, school kids would all sort of, uh, you could see them um, hesitant to cross because um, it, it was a driveway and there was no longer a pedestrian crossing there. And I feel strongly as someone who catches public transport and I catch public transport and I walk a lot. I felt really strongly that pedestrians should have a safe place to cross. So um, I managed to work with all sorts of people to get the crossing reinstated. So a small thing, but gee, it makes a difference when people can confidently step out and feel that, yeah, they have right away to, um, to walk at their own pace 
up the hill to the shops. Well, one thing's for certain, the residents of Ward C can have a, a member who represents their interests from what I've seen on social media and just seeing you in action at the council. If I may, and feel free to answer it or not answer it, what's been one of the more challenging things for you in the first two and a bit years, or two years actually, of um, being a council member? I'm in the minority on some issues, Martin. Um, I'm not always uh, going to be in agreement with uh, my fellow councillors. And so negotiating my way around that has been um, sometimes successful and sometimes unsuccessful. It's um, been a bumpy road and that's what you expect in politics. But I've been generally really impressed with the way the 10 councillors um, are mostly pretty civil to one another. We're, we're a fairly decent bunch of people and we, we treat each other in, in that way. There's um, very little nasty personal stuff that goes on. And so on the whole, if I have a different opinion, um, I'm able to express that freely and people can vehemently disagree with me. We can have robust discussions, but it, it doesn't often get nasty. So that's been a real surprise for someone like me as a first-time counsellor, and, and it's been um, a very pleasant surprise. I don't always, I feel, um, if I look critically at how I've, um, how I've done decision-making over the last two years, Sometimes I don't feel that I give uh, my fellow councillors enough um, time to consider different ideas. And that's sometimes because um, I'm listening to the community on different issues and um, different community groups. And right up until the night of the meeting, I might be unsure of which way to vote on a particular issue. And I think sometimes that surprises my fellow councillors and they might say, well, hang on, you didn't, you didn't tell us that you were going to put that amendment up or you didn't tell us, um, you didn't give us much warning. And I take that criticism. Um, I think I should try and give them more warning if I have a different opinion and I'm, I'm going to approach it in a different way from them. But sometimes that's just inevitable. That's um, you meant as a councillor to come to decisions with an open mind and it would be very strange and a bit of a problem if I wasn't open to um, to listening to residents right up until the very dis decision is made. Um, and in fairness to you, you're not the only one who has to put motions up or amendments up at the last minute as well, because I've seen that happen quite a lot. And I've been going to council meetings since December 2015. That's my reality TV, so <laughs> once a month. Yeah. Street Beats on Triple H. Might just go at a higher level of thinking. I've just read a book called The Independent Effect uh, by Andrea Cullen. I had mentioned it to you prior, and she talks about th three levels of representation the trustee, the delegate, and the politico. Just briefly, the trustee is the you are elected, and the people who elect you just trust you to make the right decision based on how you've represented yourself. The delegate is doing what you referred to before about trying to collate all the different people's viewpoints. And the Politico, it's, a, it's an academic book. That's basically a, a bit of a hybrid. If you were going to sort of put yourself in that space, how do you, what are your thoughts about that sort of being trusted to make the right decision on behalf of the community and being a delegate, if you could get the views of all the community together? 
I'm going to have to buy a copy of this book. It sounds like compulsory reading. I feel strongly, as I said before, that listening to people, particularly when they disagree with me, is a really good idea. Not always easy to hear alternative points of view or opposing points of view. But, gee, it's important because I can't tell you the number of times people have suggested things to me which has made me do a double take and say, hey, I hadn't considered your point of view before. For example, um, on the very contentious issue of seniors' developments on rural land, um, I've listened closely to a couple of people who contacted me and said, um, look, we've owned land for a long time. We don't want to leave it. We're getting older. Um, we want to retire close by. This is the place we love. Our family's here. And there's, and there's nowhere to go. So we really support um, there being retirement villages and um, those sorts of developments in our area. And, it, yeah, it, they were very persuasive and made me, um, made me question my opposition to development of that type in our rural lands. I still, um, if we want to go into it, I still don't think we should be developing um, large seniors living areas away from public transport and away from services. But uh, as I said, it's, I'm someone who wants to hear a lot of different points of view. I, while I have really strong principles, and I hope I make them clear so people know that I do stand for something. I'm not just someone who says, you know, I'll tell you in four years' time how I voted, um, but between now and then it's, it's, um, it's silence from me. I'm going to be out there. I'm going to tell you what I think about things so you know what my position is. Um, I feel, again, that the more people who have a say, the better. And so I'm after all those people who don't, generally speak up. I don't hear enough from people who've moved here from other countries. I don't hear enough from people here on temporary visas. Um, there are some sections of the community I hear a great deal from and I'm very grateful for those people who contact me regularly and tell me what they think about things. But um, I'm on a mission to hear from everyone else. So I suppose um, that the idea of being an advocate for a wide range of views and someone who's able to mediate between many different positions on an issue uh, is something I'm aiming for. But I, I feel, for example, I could bring those skills to bear when we're talking about something like the desire for people to ride mountain bikes in some of our reserves and bushland. That's quite a polarising issue for some people. Um, some people feel that there should be no access um, for people on bikes in bushland. And there are some people that feel it should be unlimited. I've listened to both points of view. I've heard both sides of the argument. And I'm absolutely confident there's a way forward where not everyone gets everything they want, but where we can find a, a happy compromise. And that's the sort of counsellor I want to be. I want to be someone who is flexible in their thinking, um, someone who's uh, able to find solutions and someone who's really respectful of everyone, no matter how they vote or what position they have on, on issues. Thanks, Emma. Can we go one more session before a commercial break? Yep. All good, man. Street Beat. 
on Triple H 100.1 with Neil, Justine, Martin and Marika. Welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM and we're on the Street Beat program with Emma Heidi, Ward C Councillor of Hornsby. Hello, Emma. We've been going for a while. How are you? <laughs> yeah, good, Michael. <laughs> um, my final yeah. question for you, and there might be some more, is the council elections have been kicked to 2021. So you've actually got the three years that um, you, were, you weren't getting, four years, sorry, the four years yeah. that you weren't going to get now. Um, probably that's a good thing for integrity of council. That would have helped you have a bit more time to know that you could plan projects and things like that. But that's just me waffling. What I'm interested in now is what's your plan over the next, you know, 12 to 16 months, I've lost count of the, the, the months, in relation to leading up to that election and what are your big projects, the blue sky dreaming for the community? Well, there's some big ones. You ready? Okay, let's go. Let's go. Number one, I want a library in Cherrybrook. Cherrybrook's got 19,000 people and it hasn't got a library. We've got a lovely library in Pennon Hills, but it's already too small. And we've got a lovely library in Hornsby, which is too small as well. And we've got two others, all with amazing librarians, but really very small in Barara and Galston. And Cherry Book is somewhere where you could put a library in the um, area that the government's going to develop that we were talking about before at that metro station and it would become a real hub. It could be a, a real meeting place, um, a, the sort of heart and soul of, of that area, um, somewhere where it doesn't matter if, if you don't have money to pay for a cup of coffee. Um, you're, you're welcome to, to come and have a seat and read the paper at any time somewhere that welcomes you know people with kids in strollers older people students who need a, a quiet place and a quiet desk to study at um, somewhere where the where the whole community feels like it it can drop in and and spend time so number one library at Cherrybrook, and number two a really fabulous new library in hornsby let me go back to the Cherrybrook first. There's been quite a few council meetings about library issues. Um, but members of the community may not be aware of that. There's been quite a bit of debate about that. And it often comes up in the pre-election era. It came up before and not much happened there. Logistically at Cherrybrook, would the council own the land or would they buy something or would it be gifted by the, the state government? How do you envisage doing that sort of multiple government layers approach to get that over the line? Look, the state government hasn't released its plans for the area, but it has made it quite clear that it wants to make sure that um, the area around the station is a vibrant sort of hub, um, possibly with some retail as, as well as just residential. And so uh, as part of their... Um, giving back to the community after all these years of um, construction and disruption as they built the metro. I think this is a, a real opportunity for them to um, make, make those sorts of promises real. And I, I don't think you have a community heart um, without a public space for people together. And I think a library with community space for um, groups to, to use and to hire um, and a, um, computer access and IT available and all that sort of thing um, 
is it's absolutely essential to realising what the state government would like to do with that 3.5 hectares. Council would obviously have to staff it um, and there would be huge ongoing costs. Libraries are expensive. But even, even with the big hit that COVID's um, taking on council finances, it's, it's just a matter of prioritising where we want to spend our money. And I think um, council is there to serve the community and to provide services to our community. And I think library services um, are inadequate at the moment. And I would argue that um, Cherry Brook's the place to put it right. This is not a question. It's a statement by myself, but I'm happy for you to comment on it if you wish. It would be an interesting place for childcare centres as well, because childcare is a big issue in the community as well. Yeah. But I'll just put that out there for other people to comment on and think about. I'm interested in your comment about the library in Hornsby itself. It's out of your area. What's your motivation for that? I love reading. I love libraries. <laughs> <laughs> when you're going there on Wednesday afternoons for meetings, you can go to the library. <laughs> exactly. Um, I spend a lot of time in Hornsby Library. Uh, and I also spend quite a lot of time there um, in, with groups that book the um, the meeting rooms there and it's hard to get a booking and if you want to hold a big meeting and i've often wanted to do that we've we've not got a lot of spaces for that sort of thing and so as someone as a an active sort of person who wants to get together with others and discuss issues or, or hold meetings um i am very aware that hornsby library doesn't have enough space it was an old supermarket and it looks like it. it's time time we um, gave it some love you're doing a pretty good job of good job of convincing me because on my with my other hat on the Pennant Hills District Trust, we always have trouble finding a venue that isn't too noisy to have a meeting, and you could probably be opened up for community members, hopefully fairly cheaply, because um, we all struggle with issues like liability insurance and all that sort of yeah. thing. So if it's opened yeah. up like that, well, I think I'd be interested in a project like that. Street Beats on Triple H 100.1 FM. Welcome back to Triple H 100.1 FM and the Street Beat program. We are now in the final segment with Emma Heidi in relation to her involvement with Hornsby Council as Ward C representative. In relation to moving forward, uh, are you happy to describe what it looks like from the green side of politics in the next 12 months for Hornsby? Uh, you've got candidates organised, they're on hold or what's happening? Yeah, I'm so excited about um, the two candidates I'll be running with at the um, next election. It's, it's a long, long way away now. It's um, over a year. So, so it's obviously not a time um, to really spend any, any energy or thought campaigning. But um, I've been able to, to do some good stuff for my community while I've been on council. I feel that the actions we've taken, particularly to reduce emissions um, and what council's now going to do in terms of cutting its greenhouse gas contributions, that's something um, the Greens can be incredibly proud of. That huge campaign I ran in last uh, in July and August last year meant that 6,000 residents had a say on the fact that they wanted 
serious climate action from council and council listened and is taking some serious climate action. So that's what you get when you get greens on councils. You get new pedestrian crossings, you get support for bike paths, you get support for libraries, you get um, action on climate, you get councillors who are very serious about listening to the community and um, representing them in a very open and transparent way. So I'd, I'd love to see more Greens on Council and I hope I have a, um, an opportunity to, to do another four years on Council. I feel like I've got um, a lot of fire in the belly, a lot of um, passion, a lot of energy to put into it. And um, it's, it's been such a privilege and I'd love, I'd love to continue that, that to serve my community in this way. Well, Emma, could I just thank you for the open and honest way that you've um, had our discussion this afternoon and I wish you all the best in the next whatever months it's left and all the work you've still got to do in this current term of Hornsby Shire Council. Yeah, there's so much more to do. Really appreciate the opportunity to talk about it, Mum. This week, starting on the 27th of May, is National Reconciliation Week. I have with me now Emma Heidi. Emma, as an individual, what does National Reconciliation Week mean to you? As an individual, it reminds me to work a whole lot harder to achieve justice and recognitions for First Nations people in Australia, some of the most disadvantaged um, groups in, in the country. And it reminds me of just how lucky we are to live in this beautiful country and that it's Aboriginal land. Sovereignty wasn't ever ceded. So this um, was and always will be um, Aboriginal land. Is there anything comments you'd like to make on that wearing your hat as a councillor? Hornsby Council is unbelievably lucky to have a very um, active Indigenous community who work uh, with council and advise council on all sorts of matters and obviously Indigenous matters. And... We've done a few really significant things recently. I think probably one of the most significant was recognising the significance of the statement from the heart. We did that um, as a council uh, last year and that got um, consensus. Um, every single councillor supported that motion and that was a, it was a very emotional um, night. And Mark and I remember how, how moving you, you spoke about um, that moment too. I think that was a moment for our whole community to to reconcile and it's an ongoing process obviously it didn't start and stop with that um that night in council but there's been other things that council's done towards reconciliation which i i think have been great steps forward if you walk past the council building on pete's ferry road it's it's about opposite the hornsby pool and out the front there's now a new sandstone plinth it's quite big and it's got a plaque on it that um, that says uh, it tells us some some interesting truths. It says that um, Hornsby Shire acknowledges that when Captain James Cook took possession of the East Coast, this area was already occupied by the Darug and Gurungai people peoples, and they'd been here for many thousands of years. And it also acknowledges that their descendants continue to live in our community. They remain traditional custodians still caring for country. So I think that's a beautiful statement to have as you walk um, into the Hornsby Shire admin and, and council chambers, that you walk past that and know that you're on Darug and Gurunga land. 
Well, thank you, Emma, for your uh, individual insights and wearing your cap as the councillor on this week, National Reconciliation Week.